Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Honored to have with us today uh, um, the filmmaker Brian Fogel, and he is the director, as we said, of this film called Icarus. And it is basically the story of him, Brian, who is an amateur bicyclist who has decided that he wants to do better, performance enhancement. And he ends up uh, in a friendship with a Russian scientist. And I'm just going to leave it there because I'm going to ask the director and the subject of the film, uh, Brian Fogel, to explain it much better than I did. Brian, welcome to Film School. Uh, thank you for having me. All right. Well, I sort of teed it up. I just want to sort of give us a, a maybe a, a, a more robust ex- explanation of of your film, Icarus. Um, well, I mean, the, the long story short is I, is I set out to prove that the anti-doping system didn't work by... Uh, doping myself and trying to evade detection. And in that process, I ended up meeting the then director of the third largest anti-doping lab in the world, the Moscow Laboratory, Dr. Gregory Rachenkov. And uh, after two years of making one film, uh, it turns out that the guy that I'm working with uh, is the single largest whistleblower uh, in Russian history. Yeah. Uh, has been compared uh, to be Snowden uh, by the media uh, uh, and uh, unveiled to me the largest single scandal in sport history. It, it's To me, it's, it's almost three different films. You've got your story. You're, you're as an amateur cyclist. How, many, how long have you been um, a, a cyclist? Well, I, uh, I I started riding when I was 13 years old. It's been a lifelong passion for me. But um, my my creative pursuit and my profession has been the entertainment business. Right. And uh, I basically combined my passion for cycling and my passion for filmmaking. And that's kind of how I came up with this project um, that turned into this three-and-a-half-year journey. I mean, you obviously had intended to be a part of the film from the beginning. That was sort of your decision moving forward. As you said, you combined these two. Uh, and initially, you are in contact with uh, uh, someone from UCLA, a local expert on doping. And and all of this film is taking place kind of in the context, in the shadow of what uh, we all have come to know about Lance Armstrong. Did that... Is that sort of an impetus, was, or was this just sort of icing on or background for what you were doing with your film? How, how did that sort of episode in, obviously, infamous and famous uh, writer like Lance Armstrong, how did that play into to what you were doing? Well, uh, it, it's what set me out on the journey to begin with. I mean, I, it was January 2013. Lance comes public to the world. Uh, that he had, in fact, been doping. And to me, that wasn't that surprising, mm-hmm. uh, having known the sport very well and knowing that everybody else of his generation had been doping as well. But the most surprising part was that, to this day, this guy has 
still passed 500 anti-doping controls clean. So they never got him. Right. He confessed, but he actually was never caught. And I started going to myself, what is, not, what is wrong with the anti-doping system, but they can't catch the most tested athlete on planet Earth? And uh, while everyone is looking at Lance and going, we've got, you know, Al Capone, but it was like getting him on tax evasion. So uh, there, was, there was a real disconnect there, and that's what I set out to explore. It is, and it's it's not as if the allegations of doping around cycling and a lot of other sports, to be fair, haven't been swirling for years and years, putting aside what we suspected of Lance. There have been rumors, allegations, uh, all for many, many years. And you're right. It is it is an amazing sort of overlooked. I think there's an assumption that he did get caught cheating uh, through a, via a test. But, in fact, it was the, the testimony of, of other people, other teammates, who were also doping along with him, who weren't getting caught, with, with some exceptions. So, so when you decided that you were going to embark on this journey, uh, this regimen of testosterone and other performance-enhancing drugs, what was your sense of well, – you, I mean, obviously, performance-enhancing, that, that is self-explanatory. But what about your own personal health? And the sort of longer-term ramifications, Did you, how, what went into the process for you of deciding that you were willing to, to do that still in, in light of that? Well, I mean, the, 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 fir- the first off is, is the reason why I was doing this was to set out to see if, in fact, the anti-doping system worked. And, mm. and the cycling component of it was really the minor aspect. I mean, I was, I was looking at all sport, meaning that if – if the most tested athlete on, work, on earth can get away with it, what does this mean for all of sport and, and, and the vast majority of professional athletes in the world who are not being tested at the level that Lance was? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I set out to make this film. Okay. And, and in taking all this stuff, um, I also found uh, a disconnect between what is being presented in society versus the reality. Meaning, in society, there's this word doping, and doping is, is, is associated to bad, harmful, you know, almost like you're taking a dangerous drug. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, the vast majority of stuff that is considered doping is the same products and, and, and drugs, hormones, that are being sold under anti-aging. Mm-hmm. So, on one hand, it's doping if you're in professional sport. Uh, and on the other hand, it's the fountain of youth and anti-aging. Right. Um, if you're if you're looking to uh, uh, have a healthier life, and so there seems to be a real disconnect there. But what I found personally in taking all these substances is I certainly had no harmful uh, uh, side effects. Um, I was recovering better. Uh, I was sleeping better. I had more energy. I had more libido. And um, and a lot of issues that I was having, such as Achilles tendonitis and mm-hmm. hip dysplasia, and uh, kind of uh, wear and tear uh, issues of of um, you know cycling so much, uh, seemed to really resolve itself. And I believe that that was probably the HGH in combination with the testosterone and uh, taking erythropoietin, which increased my red blood cell mass and my oxygen. Uh, carrying capabilities um so it it certainly didn't feel 
once I got started, uh, harmful to my to my health. But that doesn't negate the ethical concerns right. or issues, which is if you're a professional athlete and you're signing up to play, uh, you are agreeing agreeing to a code of rules, and that's against the rules. Right. And I think that frame of reference that I'm referring to about the harm being done, the potential harm to being done, goes back to an era of the 70s when, when there was a, a lot of the use of steroids back then. And there was a demonstrable issue with some of the athletes, particularly in later years, that seemed to be a result of taking those. As And I, even as I'm watching Icarus, I, I was thinking that sort of in my mind – these these things are are obviously very good for our humans if used properly if not abused they seems like what is the harm in a sense but you're right you sign up to be in a professional or in, in a in a sporting event you play by it should be a level playing field it shouldn't be a matter of whose science is better than the others is that a a proper way to talk about it or uh, yeah i mean look it, it, there's 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 a lot of issues here. I mean, the, the the biggest in regards to Russia, which is what the film is about, right, right. is this country had a 40-year state-sponsored doping operation. Right, I mean, right. there was no anti-doping in Russia, period. Yeah. It didn't exist. The right. entire anti-doping system was an anti-anti-doping system, right. which was helping Russians evade positive detection. Right, and I and I really into international competitions cheating. Right, and let let's get to the meat of the, the the film. And you're absolutely right. I didn't want to get fixated on that, but you're right. This is about a program that has been put forward as anti-doping, and in fact, has been completely the opposite. And this is where the film just really kicks into a whole nother gear. We introduce into the film Grigory Rochenkov, and he was the head of one of these labs in in Russia. And an amazingly charismatic man, uh, 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 in so many ways, very interesting man. But it's fr- from that point in the film when he comes into your life and things really start to go off in a very different direction. Uh, and let me I'm just kind of curious in, in terms of how the story sort of, I'll say, blew, blew up. Um, what was going through your mind? Did you see, did you sense right away that this was, that you were onto something? pretty remarkable or was what sort of that process for you as a filmmaker as it unfolded you know it was uh it was a a a scary time because you know not only is the film uh taking a, a a complete and uh total pivot um the information that is being presented to me uh by gregory and what i'm learning essentially changes uh, all of Olympic history. It changes sport history, and it calls into question uh, pretty much every medal won in the modern Olympic Games and, uh, and, and is exposing uh, a scandal, uh, a sporting scandal, on a level to which we had never seen. And to that extent, uh, two other people involved in the operation uh, both die within two weeks of each other uh, right. in February. Right. Uh, the FBI and Department of Justice gets involved and serves Gregory with a subpoena once he's in the United States. Uh, there are emphatic denials out of out of Russia. Uh, his family goes under surveillance. They hack his emails. They hack his Skype. 
I mean, there were there were incredibly high stakes here uh, going on. Um, as I'm finding out this information, and the film is 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 pivoting uh, to reveal this uh, this scandal. This is one of the. This is truly one of the best documentaries, if not the best documentary I've seen all year. And um, it, it, it just because of like all great documentaries. You start out on a journey, and, and as a filmmaker, this sort of act of faith that you have, uh, that the belief in the story that you want to tell, but the willingness and the flexibility to, as you say, pivot uh, the story and, and your perspective on it in ways that you could not have imagined uh, going into it. And as this film goes forward, as you're describing, it's not only just about Gregory or Gregory, uh, it it also goes to the highest levels of the Russian government. We're including President Vladimir Putin. Are you? I mean, as <laughs> knowing what we know now in the context of the last year and a half of American electoral politics, and <laughs> seeing what you were doing over these last three and a half years, what's going through your mind today when you when you think back on on this experience with Icarus? I mean, it was um, it was uh, an insane journey um, to uh, not only work on a project for for four years, but to think that you were making one film to realize that you're going to make something completely different, and that that it was the, the impetus of the idea that led to you know um, a, a different journey, but that the journey that I ended up going on and where the film goes to is a thousand times bigger than I could have ever imagined, yeah. which, you know, of course, is any documentarian's dream. Um, but with it, it was it was truly uh, uh, being involved in, in a real life day to day thriller and a real life day to day thriller that has real consequences, not just for the for a lot of different people and for a lot of different things in terms of geopolitics, geosports. Uh, can I say, if you won't say it out loud, I don't, I don't blame you, but can I just say that the International Olympic Committee is one of the, in my opinion, one of the most corrupt organizations that I know of. Uh, it just, the, there are some things, I, I don't think I've done justice to just how, um, how the intrigue, the, the tension in your film, all of the things that are happening in this film are it's just a remarkable journey but oh, see, thank you it really you got to yeah. got to see it to believe it <laughs> yeah it, there you go you really do i i mean i i'm i'm trying to approach your film because i really don't want to give too much away because in some ways it's unbelievable but in other ways completely believable in the, in the way that the the story unfolds but when you're as i'm watching it honestly i my reaction to this film is was yeah that it was just it, you couldn't have made it up if you wanted to, but on top of that, uh, you know, at some personal risk. And I mean, you, as you described, people died in the course of making these film, your film, under some very interesting uh, circumstances. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away about what happened to Gregory, but uh, in terms of where he is today. But um, do you fear for your safety after having made this film or is there do you are you taking precautions you know, or what do you, uh, how, what i've do been you... doing the best i can i think i think if uh first of all you know uh uh hiding from russia is probably a uh 
uh, a fruitless endeavor. I mean, you're going to, yeah. you're going to, uh, they, they want to find you, they're going to find you. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't betray uh, Russia. I didn't go against uh, Putin. I am a filmmaker, and I'm a storyteller, and this story came to me, yeah. and I ultimately had an ethical and moral obligation to bring this story to the world uh, for many reasons. One is because Gregory had fled Russia and, uh, and had put his life uh, on the line and will never, ever be able to go to Russia, and, and he came to the United States to bring this story forward to the world. And I had a, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, I had a responsibility to 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 do that and to help him do that. Um, so, uh, you know, look, we we all make decisions, but uh, I certainly have no regrets um, in that decision, yeah. and uh, and uh, and I hope that I'm not at risk. Well, I will say, as uh, as as a human being, as an American. What you've done here is remarkable. It's a remarkable film. I really, truly believe that people should see it for a lot of different reasons they, and to understand, have a greater understanding of the world we currently live in and, and all the different permutations uh, of, of what it means to be in an international arena now. It's very different. The risks and, and rewards are much greater, I think, in some ways than they've ever been. And you as a filmmaker and as as a sort of a, a citizen journalist, if you will, have done a remarkable job with Icarus. And um, oh, Thank you. I hope uh, a lot of people will see it. It's, it's streaming on Netflix starting today. Right. And- Playing at the Lemley in Santa Monica, and uh, yeah. the film is is certainly a thriller. Uh, yes. You know, we we crafted it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my inspiration was you know Paul Greengrass and, and Argo, mm-hmm. uh, and Man on Wire and yeah. Citizen Four, and you know, and these these films that kind of uh, bring you into these these you know heart throbbing political thrillers, and uh, and hopefully I've succeeded in in that uh, in the film. Um, and, uh, and audiences will uh, uh, will appreciate. Well, Brian Fogel, you have, and I thank you so much for finding time to come on and spend some time with us here on Film School. Again, the film is Icarus. As you said, it's on Netflix, as well as you can go see it starting tonight at the Lemley Monica Film Center in Santa Monica. Thank you so much, and be safe. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, appreciate it. And uh, go watch Icarus. Thank you. Take care, man. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.